Good morning. How is it going, Wayne? Good morning, Ed. I'm not bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm actually out in the middle of nowhere, so in a hotel. So if the sound quality is a bit off or there's a little bit of a delay in me when speaking, it's because I'm outside of civilization somewhere. Yeah, and, and if my sound quality is a little bit off, it's because I've been stuffing my face with Easter chocolate and, yeah, it's been very indulgent, but good fun. I, I'm joking. Right. I would ne- I'm never as unprofessional as to do a podcast while eating Easter eggs. It's just not on. High on chocolate. No, no, that, that wouldn't be acceptable. No. Yeah, I spent Easter in the middle of the Redwood Forests. So I'm there. Yeah. Sort of Northern California area. Very nice. Beautiful. Yeah, you did send me pictures, Ed, and I still think it's Southport, but you claim it's California, and I'll just have to trust you on that. I've been on those sand dunes in Southport, and the sort of chips and gravy wrappers gave it away. But oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I'm just doing it for Instagram likes here. Pictures <laughs> of Southport, claiming it's it's Northern California. Pictures of Blackpool Tower, claiming I'm in Paris. It's the usual. We've all done it. We've all done it, so... Yeah, much more glamorous life than is reality. <laughs> well, talking of glamorous, yeah, he'd beat Everton. It wasn't yeah. really glamorous, was it? But it's, it was a solid victory. No, it wasn't. My pre-match hopes of it being a, a horrible day. I don't even know how that works out. I pray, I'm the only person in history who's prayed for a rainy day in Manchester, and I didn't get one. I don't know how that happened, but it did. And actually, I felt Ten Hag to his immense credit, changed it up for the Everton game. I I didn't know what he was going to do with that midfield because, obviously, we've talked about it before and we've talked about the condition. Well, my theory that the conditions helped us on Wednesday night felt that Everton, to be fair, I felt like Everton might be more resolute than what they actually were. But we pulled a, a good trick in having Fernandez at the base of the midfield because it made him... Um, less susceptible to taking a risk. He knew that he was put, put there to be more sensible in possession and putting McTominay in this advanced role to sort of take advantage of his increased confidence lately. That was a masterstroke. We had a lot of chances. I don't think the quality of them was great, but we did have a lot. Um, Anthony tried that shot a few times again. One time it nearly got us a goal. But we, I think the, the main thing over the last two games is we knew that we weren't going to have the control in the midfield I, th- I felt that Tenog has come as close as he ever has to finding a solution to that in the last game against Everton. I still don't think it would be a long-term solution, but it was a solution that worked. Um, and what we wanted to see post-Newcastle was a response, and we did get that in both games. So six points, and especially with the other teams around us winning, Ed, I don't think we could have asked for much more. I don't think it, was, it wasn't beautiful. Like you said, it wasn't glamorous, but job done, job done. Yeah. Yeah, 21 shots in that first half, and I think three of them were on target, and that kind of tells the story of the season in a way, doesn't it? So yeah. it's uh, Marcus Rashford's shot conversion ratio is the highest it's ever been in his career. Won't surprise anyone, that one, I suppose. But if he's not quite firing, I guess we'll talk about the problem with him. That's a problem. United have become reliant, haven't they? And and, and then just generally throughout the team not not converting chances despite some pretty controlled build-up play in that first yeah. half. And, and, and you're right about that midfield. I, it was it was either Sabitzer or McTominay pushing forward, wasn't it? It was 
Bruno being, as you say, more responsible, much deeper role. Don't think we expected that. That's, that's Ten Hag's second tactical master stroke after playing Falk Veghorst at number 10. No, do you know what, though? Like we, I feel like, I, I was thinking about this when I was looking across the team, possibly Malassia was the weakest, but I felt there were strong performances all over, and then maybe that's to do with it, how, how proactive and aggressive we were. Maybe Sabitza was the odd one out. I thought Sancho played a lot better. Not particularly brilliant, but I thought he played better than what he did on Wednesday night. I thought Anthony was a threat. He, he was trying different things apart from the shot. Rashford did all right. I mean, it was a, that fluid front three, you know, at least an attempt at one. I thought Maguire played really well. I've seen a different opinions of his performance, but I felt I felt he, he was very good. Wan-Bissaka was excellent. Martinez, the standard, what we've come to expect of him. So I just felt there were good performances all over the pitch. And even though it wasn't, like we said, it wasn't glamorous, it was the kind of like a routine 2-0 win, the kind of which, like we've spoke about this a few times on the pod this season, where there's been something that we would previously have classified as routine and we've taken it for granted and this was that kind of performance and and when you see it and you see all the performances all the performances at least seven out of ten steady then I do still feel like it's fair to give credit for that considering the amount of criticism that we've fairly given the players so yeah Yeah. I, I, I was really impressed with it the the one criticism that you'd make is that United created seven big chances in this game and missed six of them and that if you don't convert your, your really high-quality chances... And I think that the, one of the, the bigger problems United had is actually creating high-quality chances a lot of the time. So against Brentford, for example, a lot of long-range shots you know, don't tend to score those, obviously. Nature of, nature of the chance created. Against Everton, some really big ones and important ones. And it probably should have been a more comfortable victory. But... but this stage of the season, I mean, a three points is three points at any stage of the season, but right now it starts to feel just just about getting the points, especially with Spurs winning against Brighton. That's pro- probably a surprise given the relative side's form. And yeah. Newcastle continuing to win, not a surprise. Then then United had to had to do something. And and coming back from recent defeats in Newcastle, two wins on the bounce this week, that's that's all important. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, like I said, good performance. I, I thought as well, Pickford deserves some credit. He, he pulled off a couple of good saves. Quality of the chances, it can be concerning. I, I looked at the goal tally and it's just over 44 or something, which is really low. And I know that we, we sort of hinted on this on the last, last podcast. I do wonder if the Marcus Rashford injury may liberate, and I say this very cautiously, may liberate us a little bit in, in that, we are fortunate in a roundabout way that Ericsson's going to be back and Casemiro's back. So you've got one creative player and one player who completely changes the composition of the midfield. If you've got that basis, and let's be fair, that those two haven't always been there throughout the season. If you've got that as a basis, then I think it's fair to expect that there's a solid platform for, the, for whoever the front three is to be a little bit more dynamic and for that, the interchangeable movement and all that sort of stuff to come with better benefits. Having said that, obviously then it's asking Sancho to step up. It's asking Martial, if, if I'm speaking in the hypothetical absence of Rashford or, or probably 
Uh, not hypothetical, he's, he's likely to miss at least severe. So he's asking some one of those players to step up, but I don't think that's an unreasonable request to ask Sancho or Martial to put in a shift over two legs against Sevilla or at Forest away. I think that's the not going to say the least we should expect, but it's around about the least you expect of a Manchester United player to be able to do that, to not be thinking, oh, this is a big ask for them. This should be a really good opportunity for them, especially considering the fact that Casemiro and Eriksen are are back. So you're looking at that thinking, actually, that there's an opportunity here for, for those players, rather than it being, oh, this is a nightmare. Because the fact of the matter is, and this is something that I've talked about with Paul Parker a lot this season. Paul's received a lot of criticism for it, saying Rashford's general performance level without the goals hasn't actually been that great. And I don't know if I 100% agree with him with that. I think his performances have been better than what perhaps Paul has always given him credit for. But the, I know what he's saying, and the point is somewhat salient, that the goals have not masked anything. The goals have been a, a massive bonus, and... Rashford's play generally has improved considerably, but he's still not playing like a like a Ballon d'Or winner. Like if if we're not scoring or creating chances, he's not dragging the team by himself. Basically, you know, against Newcastle in other big games, he can look like he's adrift from the side, and that's that. That's not a criticism, by the way. I'm saying greatness is defined by the players who, who do that. That's a different thing to criticism. So, in the uh, in the event that he's not there, I don't think it's too big an ask for these players to step in and do something. In fact, I do think it's an opportunity, and considering the way that Tenog has been finding solutions, I, I, and because of the way that the last week has gone in finding solutions, I feel quite optimistic that we'll see a good reaction in those in those games, even without Rashford. Right. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, the the mere fact that United have got a very poor goal scoring record this season is a worry in itself and then you take out 28 goals and and United barely score at all so uh, it's yeah it's not being optimistic yeah it's definitely not unreasonable to expect other players to to step up and fill the void although I don't think there's been a lack of effort in the team this season so I don't think it's that I think it, it may be a tactical solution that Ten Hag tries or it may be just as simple as Martial plays through the middle and and Sancho gets a chance to to have a few games in the side, which he's not really had this season. I guess we yeah. should talk about Martial. He scored. That's his first goal for, well, I don't know how long. It's a very long time, anyway. And it's never, you're never in a good situation if you have to rely on Anthony Martial to, to bail you out. But we are going to be in that situation. So let's just hope it's short term, hey, because... Not, not that I don't think he's a very talented fella, but history has told us that he cannot stay fit for very long. So expecting him to play back-to-back games, which is what United have until we're out of the, the Europa League, is probably unrealistic. But we always have the mighty vout to bring in as well and his goal-scoring prowess. Or maybe Ten Hag will find another solution. I, you know, I wasn't expecting Bruno to play at six and Savitz to, to play at ten for, against Everton, for example. It... it yeah, logically doesn't seem to make sense. So maybe maybe we go to big Harry Maguire up front or something like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The thing with Martial is, like you've kind of already said and I alluded to when I was speaking about him earlier, and maybe this is a level of expectation kind of thing. Do you expect him to come on and look hungry? Like now he's been out of the side for a long time. Do you expect him to run around with passion and determination thinking it's going to be his last chance? No, you don't. You expect the languid Martial 
on the hanging on the periphery, hoping that he's going to be involved in the intricate one twos and the movements and stuff like that. Is he the kind of player who's going to take an attacking lineup by the scruff of his neck and say, I'm the main man around here? I still don't think so. Is it wrong to expect him to do that? Probably not at this moment in time because we know what to expect from him. Is that going to be the difference? It, should it be the difference? Marks him out as someone who, who won't be a long-term Manchester United striker? Yes, because that's been the thing that's been holding him back. And the penny hasn't dropped with him. And and by the way, the penny's not dropped with us as well because he's still being persisted Oh, one more chance and all that sort of stuff. He's got so much talent. He's got all the abilities. He's got all the necessary abilities as well to be that kind of player. Because we've seen him play with some kind of tigerishness before. It's not like he doesn't have these kind of abilities but he, it's the motivation with him. And I, I don't personally know him. So speaking about, speculating about his motivation and that kind of thing might seem a little bit off. But you can see, you can still see elements of it in his demeanour. And did he come onto the pitch on Saturday knowing that, really, knowing that he's going to get a run in the side because he is going to get those games? The the point I've made about him is he's in last chance to loom, but the, that the last orders have already been taken, so he's just hanging round basically. And boring, and I, I still don't know what the caveat or the, the sensational misnomer is here that gives him a future at Manchester United. But boring, I don't know what at tricks in every game or something, or something where he looks like a player that he's not been for eight years. He's going to be moving on in any event, and this is a difficult thing. I, I still think, like on Saturday he can contribute because he's still an excellent finisher. And if those chances, like you said, like, all right, we created six excellent chances and you would want us to take more of them. But if he's getting one a game and he's scoring it, then that's, I'd be happy with that return from Martial. Not I'm saying sure. one goal a game, one goal a game. I'm not, that's unrealistic. And I, and I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. I just think that there's a chasm, which we know exists with Anthony Martial and Manchester United, what you kind of want from a forward. But he's still got qualities. I still don't think whatever those qualities are and however good he can play between now and the end of the season, that it, it marks him out as anything. The best that we can hope for is that he's right. a, a really good asset to move on in the summer, right? Is it appealing as I make weight? And if you if you looked at the market and said, how much would it take to buy a striker of Martial's quality? It would be a lot of millions, wouldn't it? But United will almost certainly move him on for almost no money because he's never fit and his motivation seemingly can't be relied upon. Now, I, I guess, yeah, as with many footballers, his career may also be held back, not necessarily by his desire to win, although it doesn't always look very strong, does it, on the surface, but also what's happening in his life generally. And it seems to be very complicated with Martial all of the time. I get very confused exactly how many girlfriends he has chasing him at the moment. But uh, well, oh, chasing, chasing, chasing each other. Chasing each other, yeah. exactly. I mean, you know, it is amusing, of course, but I'm sure for him, it's a major yeah. distraction in this, and this has been going on for many years. So that's not an excuse. It's just it's one of the factors that goes into making a complete footballer, doesn't it? And and unfortunately for all his talent, we have what, how many years now? Six? Is it more than six? It's it's a lot of it's a lot of years. Fifteen. Now. So we're we're coming up to eight. He's almost he's almost on a testimonial. And yeah, do you know? I, and I I feel like I was very heavily critical there. He's still got something to offer. 
as we saw on Saturday. It's just it's just not expecting him to deliver the things that we know he hasn't been able to do it. And hoping, like you said, short term. Let's hope that short term this time is at least six weeks because sometimes we're lucky to get that. So if we can get that, that's what we need at this moment in time. And if we get a semi-informed Martial, then that's more than what we were expecting, to be fair. So if he can do that, then I'll be happier. But I, I do, th- I still stand by the, the idea that, or the optimistic theory that in the next two to three weeks, that it's a potentially good opportunity for United. I'm not necessarily heartbroken. I'm, I'm good that Rashford's going to be out and hopefully it's not going to be for long and hopefully he, he recognises it because it obviously looks a painful one. You worry about them walking around and aggravating it. You just want him... I, I'm not always a big fan of the stretcher and the sponge, but I thought on that occasion it might have been worth it. Don't aggravate it by walking. But he did. Fair enough. Let's hope that it's not so bad. Let's hope that everyone's taken the, the biggest precaution they can. Um, yeah. You know, that he's back soon. But if not, I still think it's an opportunity because all those players... Assuming that Casemiro doesn't get sent off for walking onto the pitch or for high fiving someone, assuming that Ericsson stays fit, there's a really good basis there for those forwards to flourish. And we haven't seen Martial given a run with that kind of talent behind him. So it might be hat tricks every game, who knows? Yeah, maybe that's what he needs to unlock him or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And no, look, I think I don't know whether whether the it, the Rashford's injuries, the counterweight to Ericsson and Casemiro being back, whether they're equally important, we'll find out. I guess I, I do really severely worry about United's goal scoring, but it shouldn't be like that. I mean, it's not like Rashford is a pure goal scorer anyway. You really want him in addition to a pure goal scorer. I mean, think what yeah. a team United could be if you're getting 28 goals from your left winger. That that would be that would be incredible. So, yes, let's, yeah, Martial, I'm going to be deeply cynical, really like him as a player, but but how else could you be anything else? I did like some of what I saw from Sancho against Everton. He, he, he was more involved, but I think that's part of the problem. He's just, he just doesn't seem to get the ball very often, whereas you feel Anthony is very hungry for it and then doesn't do very much with it, as much as I praised him on last week's show. So anyway, maybe these things won't counteract each other exactly. I mean, I do think Ericsson returning is very important for all his kind of lack of physical prowess. And it it kind of really does show after sort of 60 minutes, doesn't it? He is so important in the build-up for United. I I think we'll create better chances. I think that's borne out in the data, just with him in the side. Obviously, Casemiro gives that balance that we've missed a lot in his many absences this season and and so that should make United a nicely rounded side and and I think you mentioned it there the, the ability of those forwards to sort of play in different positions should be should mean that United are able to adjust to being without Rashford because he's not so tactically important as he is just important because he's a he's in great form this season and so I don't think United have to make a huge adjustment for him being absent and we don't know how long it will be Maybe they got the deep heat in there. One of a million fans got into rubbing Rashford's groin vis- vigorously and warming up that muscle. And so maybe he'll be all right. Although groin muscle, I do worry about that one because yeah, you can't rest it properly. It's like having no. a toe injury, isn't it? It's uh, These things can drag on. So let's yeah. let's say, uh, yeah, touch, touch, touch wood. It's a podcast, so you can't see it. But I'm yeah. touching my head like... Oh, maybe you can see it now. Now we start putting yeah. video clips out. Yeah, we'll see. That anyway. one out. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll see. And anyway, I, I, I think United's balance should be good now with, with Ericsson Casemiro back. It's just this is a real shame we're missing someone in Rashford. We just don't know how long. Let's, let's hope it's yeah. not all right. Not too bad. What the thing Tarek Ten Hag said after the game, which is kind of really obvious, is that he's played so much. And I thought when I heard him say that, I thought, well, I mean, you're totally right. Of course. I mean, he's played 47 games this season and he could play another 10, 10, 15, 18 before the end of the season. I mean, he won't because he's injured. But 60 to 65 game season, you're not surprised that you start getting muscle injuries. He's obviously fatigued. I like that to Ten Hag's reluctance to to rotate in some of the smaller games this season. I was left thinking, hmm, maybe you could have helped yourself there a little bit, mate. But yeah, but the schedule has been brutal and, and it's not surprising if you do get muscle injuries. In fact, the United haven't had that many muscle in- injuries this season. Really, they've been, Garnacho was a bad tackle, Ericsson was a bad tackle, Martial was, he was live. Who, who else are the, the long, you know, McTominay was out for a while, wasn't he, with a hip injury? Yeah, yeah, he had a while out. Yeah, do you know, you're, you're quite right about giving him a rest, but I do think if you look back at a lot of these games, like I said, they've been low-scoring affairs, so United have never, very rarely have they been coasting in a game where they can afford to make wholesale changes. And I think when we have been, he has done. I think it's a positive that he's taken all the Cups as seriously as he has done, regardless of what happens in the next six weeks, because it's complete, completely ch- transformed United's attitude in, in regards what games are considered important. This is another conversation piece that you and I have had many times. Where, and you know my theory on this about how the sort of 10-year period has systematically disintegrated United's kind of approach to every game's important. But he's transformed that, and he's done that by selecting strong sides for every game, and treating every game as a must-win. And I think regardless of the consequential damage, i.e. a Rashford groin injury, you, you take that because of how serious... I mean, Old Trafford is nearly a fortress again because of because of that attitude. And that's done... Yes, it's the manager. Yes, it's the players. But it's the attitude towards all of the preparation for the games. And, and that attitude... Is it's mentality in sport, and I know it's an interesting psychological conversation that has byproducts that go on beyond this podcast when we're talking about this week in Manchester United, but it's, it's linked to the bigger picture of everything that we've talked about all season and the, the entire Eric Tenog era. No other manager at United has, has done done it in this way since Ferguson. So regardless, yeah, yeah it sucks that Rashford's got an injury, and yes, one thousand percent it's probably due to the fact he's been relied upon so heavily yes we've got a massive concern with goals and that's why he's played a lot more minutes but i'd still take it because that if those things are going to happen they're going to happen and the benefit that we've had as a result of that attitude is something that that's probably been the most enjoyable thing of the season hasn't it really that fact that we've we've got a little bit it feels a bit dominant back at old trafford again and God, how much we miss that. Yeah. And and you're right, the Ten Hag felt like the team needed to win and get in the habit of winning. And that's why he's played such a strong side, even against Forests in those two games and against yeah. Reading. 
and maybe those are the only three. I'm, oh no, in fact, earlier than that, and Burnley, and who else have we played in cups? Some of the Europa League games. I mean, he has played a consistently strong side, but clearly he wanted to get the habit back of winning and winning a lot. And United have won a lot of games this season. Yeah. And yeah, and the net benefit is, yeah, I'm sure. But I did just have a, a minor thought when he said, yeah, heavy schedule. I was like, yeah, yeah, very heavy schedule. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no, and, and, and like United a victim of our own success there. Yeah, continuing in the cup competitions for so long, of course. And not just that as well. It's the, with Rashford, Rashford is one example, but I feel where the players have been flogged, like Rashford, it's been like where Garnacho has had the injury and Martial's been out injured, so you've kind of had to re- rely upon him. Like when Casemiro and Eriksen have been out, it's been relying heavily on Fernandez and McTominay, and to a little extent, Fred, although not so much in the last couple of games, but so heavily on those players that they've just had to put in 90-minute shifts all the time with um, very little breathers. Yes, one of them might have had a game out, but you couldn't have done that with Rashford. And on the occasions where he has done, and I'm thinking maybe Forrest at home, he made a few changes, and then maybe West Ham at home in the cup, he decided to make a few changes. And we didn't look like ourselves until we made the subs and brought brought that change back onto the pitch. It's like, oh, it's like United again. So I think the other the other point, like I made at the, the start of this, was the, just the fact that we've had injuries in those key positions, which has meant an over-reliance on, on those players at those particular times. It's just been a, a thing that he... Yes, he could have helped himself at certain points, but then there are other points where we just had no other substitute. We had no option but to keep going with it. And then we move on to Europe and uh, Sevilla on Thursday. So how how much do you know about Sevilla this season? I've uh, been watching them every week. No, I think they, with the couple of times I've seen them, I think I was going to say they're better than what 13th in La Liga suggests, but they are a perennial Europa League side. They always come good in the competition. To say that they're a bogey team for United is a massive understatement because we've played them three times and lost two and drawn the other one. If anyone wants to remember, you want to walk down Misery Lane and remember the first time we played them was the uh, the one that preceded Mourinho's rant about, was it football heritage? It's the tie that started that. And then obviously we played them in the Europa with Solskjaer, the COVID, the, sem- the one-leg semi-final, wasn't it, which we were eliminated. So, no, I don't, I don't know too much about them. I pop, like, say, a couple of times, I didn't really watch them. They, they were just on. But it, I, I expect it to be difficult. I do, I do think... The the shifting patterns of United's composition of the team on on Thursday is going to help them because Sevilla would have been preparing for certain problems and and, and solutions, creating solutions. They'll be looking, they'll be scouting at what's been available for United, and I don't think that they'll be expecting the United that they're going to be playing against in much the same way as we're not expecting. We're not, we don't know what we're going to be seeing from United, but in, they won't. Maybe they won't be anticipating Casemiro's importance. They they might have forgotten all about Ericsson and what he brings to the side. They, the dimension that Rashford brings, if he's not there, they, they know a lot about Anthony Martial, of course. Most of it they probably won't like, but he might 
if Martial is nothing else, he's a player who gets going when he's got something to prove. So you might see some kind of motivation from him on that score. I just think it helps us in the same way that we might be feeling a little bit antsy about playing against them because of our record, but it helps us in, in the fact that we've got returning players and they've not really been available. So whatever they've been watching hasn't been what they're going to be expecting on, on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's true enough. I mean, I guess there's... In a sense, although of course the United Ten Hag team will have scouted Sevilla heavily ahead of this, but in a sense it is a, a brand new Sevilla side. There's a lot of change in that team. They've had some financial troubles. They've had some troubles on the pitch. They've fired their coach. The new coach, Mendilibar, is is in now, I think. And uh, yeah, new, new manager bounce and all of that. They didn't get there the weekend. They drew two two with. Celta Vigo, who are, are pretty good this season. So they, they are probably, from what I've seen, which is not a lot of Sevilla this season, they are probably better than 13th. But it's, it's, been, a bad, it's been a bad season. They're used to being the, the top dog in the city of Sevilla, aren't they? And yeah. they're no longer that. They are Real Betis. Real Betis is the, the best side in Sevilla now. And they're used to winning this competition. Like five of them, isn't it? It's an incredible record in the 2000s. Yeah. Most of them uh, come in the last 15 years as well, yeah. Yeah, we we knocked Betis out, so yeah, if they're the best, that, you know, it's just a nice nice trip back to Seville and some oranges and get on our way. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so blase, I'm expecting it to be quite tough. And the mental aspect of it, I, I don't know what it is, but United are that kind of thing that they say play the game, not the occasion. But United is always the game and the occasion, so it will be an element of, it doesn't matter that they're not the same players that we played against, it will be... We've never got this result against Sevilla, so we really need to sort of step up and, and get something. Once you get that out, preferably with a nice thumping home win, and I think it helps that we're all Trafford first, then, yeah, enjoy Sevilla, Seville in the sun. It's a beautiful city. I, d- I don't know whether you've had the pleasure of going there, but uh, amazing old town. The oranges do literally roll along the street because there's so many of them there. But uh, a really, really nice town. I'm sure the away Reds will have a great time. Of course, we've been there a few times in recent seasons. But uh, yeah. As for the team, I, I expect United to... I mean, that's that's a week's time. When's the second leg? A week? Two weeks? Can't remember now. Yeah, I think it's next week. Yeah, it's next week. Okay, but uh, yeah, I, I expect United to win this tie, even with Rashford out and the troubles with goal scoring. I, I think it's just not... Sevilla just don't seem to be in that place right now that you expect them to pull off a really important victory. United have dealt very well with Spanish sides this season. I know that doesn't really mean anything as a piece of analysis, but perhaps what the one game against Real Sociedad when we weren't very good, we also got robbed by a ref. Apart from that, some very strong performances against La Liga sides this season. This is the worst of the four that we've faced. Logic yeah. does dictate that we should be. This should. This should be. This should turn out in United's favour. But I just think we're a stronger side, and and I don't expect. They, I never go into. That's the, that's the thing with Ten Hag. I never go. It can go right and it can go wrong, right? But most of the time it goes right, and I don't expect Ten Hag's team to be sort of outthought tactically. He has come up with very pragmatic solutions where he thinks you've got a problem. Now he's got a problem replacing Rashford's goals. Will he come up with a specific tactical solution for that? I don't think Sevilla are going to throw any surprises at us. Like the way they play, it's very standard. I think maybe maybe they'll shock us and play Alex Tellez in centre-back, which he has done this season, by the way. That may shock us. And I believe he is eligible to play as well, so we we could see him in the Sevilla side. 
Really? Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, because we did that with Milan and Dallo, wasn't it, a few years ago? A couple of years ago, Dallo played against us for, for Milan. So yeah, I would expect, probably will do then. Yeah, I did. You made a good point there about Tenog. You always, you always do make good points, Ed. But I mean, this one in particular is a good one about Tenog because, yeah, when it, go, it generally does go right, when it goes wrong, it tends to go catastrophically wrong. And you can't see that happening with Sevilla because they don't have the kind of players to be as ruthless as like Man City or Liverpool, like, as we've suffered. Um, but if United are on their A game, and I say even on their A game, for example, when we played at Arsenal, yes, we were beaten, but we played really well for large portions, large percentages and portions of that game. We played really well. And you wouldn't say that went catastrophically wrong. You would have said one or two marginal decisions and the fact that we didn't have Casemiro. Now, you might be saying that kind of thing after Thursday night, saying, oh, one or two bad decisions and we didn't have Rashford. But looking at the balance of it and looking at the quality of the opponent, that's where you're back in United to find a solution because and where you're hoping that the quality of the opponent, with all due respect to Sevilla and to Forrest over the next so, 10 days, that United can build some confidence in, in those new patterns that they're probably going to have to form. Because, yeah, we're not, we've not seen Martial get a run with Ericsson in the side, for example, and, and the dynamism that comes from maybe Sancho's picked up a little bit of extra confidence from playing well against Everton. Maybe Anthony knows that there's going to be an extra harsh spotlight on him to create something in the next couple of games in, in Rashford's absence, especially on Anthony, because of whether or not that's right or fair or wrong, there will be a greater expectation on him because of the money that he was brought in for. So you're going to be looking at him saying, all right, now what are you going to do? And that might help liberate Martial and Sancho as well. I, I'm looking at it all positively just because I think that, like we, we were saying, Ten Hag does have a knack of finding solutions for these kind of things. And I like what I do like about us having this conversation is that a year ago we would have been looking at it thinking, oh, we're just going to try the same kind of thing and it's going to be useless. Or even like with Vegos, you might be thinking, oh, we're just going to carry on doing the same kind of thing. But now you're looking at a, a big absentee, but you're still looking at it fairly positively thinking he might even do something. And you've said it, I think you've probably said it three times on the pod already, but Tenog might well do something that we're not even thinking of, that you know he's going to come up with something completely different, a change of shape or something like that, or a difference of like two people through the middle or something and pack, pack the midfield out. You just don't know. Because the other thing as well that I should mention, depends how if Shaw might miss the game, because we still don't know the, 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 the strong extent of his injury. Now, Malassia, I thought he played very well against Brentford. I thought he struggled against Everton. Not struggle might be too strong. I think he was trying too much to be like Luke Shaw against Everton. So he was getting himself into positions which he wasn't always comfortable with. Now, if he just plays the way that he is comfortable with, because he's very good when he does that, that also creates a different dynamic because obviously Shaw and Rashford are so used to playing with each other on, on the left-hand side. Shaw and Sancho isn't always massively successful. So it gives Sancho the opportunity to try. If These are all conversations I'll be having privately. I just think that just returning to the theme of what we've been talking about, I just feel really optimistic that the changes in opportunity, it's like what they say, is it um, China? I don't know if this is wrong or if it's just something I picked up from The Simpsons, that crisis and opportunity mean the same thing. You know, you've got an opportunity to try something different. And I'm looking forward to that rather than thinking, oh God, even though I should be, 
oh God, we're missing 28 of our 50 goals or whatever it is we've scored this season. But I should be panicking a lot more than what I am. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about Shaw. Of course, that I mean, he's he's been a very important player to United. I mean, it's, it's interesting when Malesia does come into the side, he immediately inverts. It's just his his natural game. He, he'd rather they come on the inside than go on the outside. And so it's a very different proposition, a bit like Dello, really. He, he's very comfortable moving into those sort of midfield spaces. And Ten Hag wants that. It creates overloads. It creates dominance in midfield. He, he wants multifunctional players. Like that. I think that's why Dallow tends to get in the side more than Wan-Bissaka, although Wan-Bissaka is good against Everton, I thought. So it's a big decision coming up in, for, for that position. You mentioned Anthony. There was a good thread that Smarter Scout did on Anthony about some of the changes to his game this season. Like He's taking a lot more shots than he used to. He's carrying the ball less than he used to. He's safer with his passing than he used to be. And I think all these things, like kind of, they pass the smell test, don't they? That he takes a lot of shots. Yes, he does. Perhaps he should not do that so often. And he's not creating much because he's playing those safe balls inside. And, and he does tend to do that. And anyway, whether he'll step up and, and fill Rashford's, the, the gap that Rashford has left with goals, I'm not sure. We haven't seen that kind of output creation from him at all, or not even nearly, but others will. And yeah. You're right, it's gone catastrophically wrong sometimes, but for the first time I, in years, I feel fairly confident that the right answer is coming somehow. Maybe we're yeah. wrong, but I think the evidence of 40-yard games this season and the Hag shows that's probably the case. Yeah. The, the rare opportunity, the rare time where we're both pos- feeling positive about it and optimistic. One of us has usually got some kind of grave reservation in there. Do we have anything that we can bring it down to? Do you want to double down on the Rashford fear? Win, we're just not going to replace those goals. Get the deep set panic ruined because this is going to be too comfortable for, for listeners. That's right. Well, Casemiro hasn't managed to get himself sent off for what, at least three games now. So <laughs> there you go. There's always, there's always there you room go. for. Yeah. All righty. Well, you're probably hearing some background noise from me. I'm in a hotel in uh, Northern California, so we'll probably leave it there. Thanks for uh, for joining us. Good luck on Thursday, lads.